0: This is Vixen John, creator of Minute Made New York, and you're listening to Minutes Heard. On this episode of Minutes Heard, for those who know me, I proclaim that I'm not a photographer. Jokingly, of course. But that's only because I've gotten to know some amazing photographers throughout the past few years, especially because of Minute Maid. These individuals have worked that prove they have great eyes, and the subjects that they shoot are fortunate enough to be captured by them. So sit back and take a listen.
1: What's uh, your perspective on the world in front of you based on what you see here? My perspective on the world in front of me, but what I see in here is that I can't believe 90 to 100% of what I see in here because everything that's been put out into the air, everything that's been put into the food, everything that's been put into what I see, everything that's been put into my mind as processes, what I hear has been compromised by entities that don't want us to be as pure as we could possibly be. Alright, is the world getting better or worse? The world's getting better and worse because we are living in a world of duality. One can't exist without the other, and things must balance off. So, the better we get, the worse it's gonna get, but the better will always, you know, prevail over those bad forces, evil forces, whatever you will call it, but those forces will always exist. Um, Why? Did I just explain that? More or less. Yo! Also, right? Let me tell you some fly shit about life. Um, let me go through the other questions. Uh, let me see. You don't see. gotta answer all of them. i me, i Fuck, be, I'm old school. Hold on, I got right. you, son. I'm about to like, hook this shit up right now. It's 60 seconds, not 60 minutes. What 60 in 60 life minutes. motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it? What motivates me to be the absolute best person that I could possibly be is because I believe that we are all entities that have lived this life before, but we're gonna keep living it until we get it right. So therefore, I've made the decision that I'm tired of doing this shit, and I'm gonna be the absolute best person I could possibly be mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, so I can make it to that next adventure so I can get the fuck out of here.
0: What motivates you to wake up every day, and make the best of it? Um, yeah, what's your motivation? What's, what motivates you to get up and go?
2: Well, I'm, I, I'm a very uh, spiritually in order in- 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 mechanically connected person, Um, but I mean, first and foremost, what wakes me up is the love for life and what God has given us to, you know, this beautiful planet to live in and to, it's our playground, you know, for us to play and enjoy it and and help others, you know, enjoy it as well. Like, art is my passion, so when I get up in the morning, I'm already thinking about what I'm creating, you know, who... Who am I gonna create with? Who am I gonna share this with? And so forth and so on. And you know, to me, like just like even like my kids, when they see me get up in the morning and start creating, they start creating too. They get inspired by just seeing me making things in the house, you know, and, and putting my hands on things and not just speaking it. So I guess to me what really inspires me is creating getting up in the morning and thinking about what I'm going to create, whether it's a photograph, whether it's a you know, photo shoot, anything of that nature. It's just amazing. Okay. Is there too much noise? No no, 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 that's
0: fine. I've done this in noisier places. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's ideal if it's quiet, but this is fine. It's not like blurry noise. Okay. Um, let's see. So when it comes to your photography, what... What things do you do, or like, what techniques do you use to try to stand out? I mean, as a photographer, you know, the industry is saturated at best. Yes, Everyone yes. wants to go around <laughs> and say they're a photographer. But I noticed with you that you try to do um, unique things to make your um, photographs and your images pop and just do something different. So what come, how do you come up with the techniques and different ways to make your... Just
2: well, to me, everything is experimentation. Like when I first started the black light photo experiment, that was was called experiment because I experimented with everything, and anything, whether the materials, angles, shutter speeds. I mean, you name it, I did it. And what I love about being a photographer is like I have I don't follow any rule book. Yeah, I use some basic techniques, you know, nomenclature, you know, shutter speeds, angles, focal lengths, and all that other stuff. But I trust my eyes. That's the technique I use. If it looks good to my eyes, if it makes me do the dance after I take the shot, then that's what it is. I don't worry about what other people think, what their concerns about the art. I just like to share it and I get the, the vibe from the industry when I share my art or my photographs. That's why my, one of my models is let your eyes be the judge because I'm, I don't pat myself in the back. And that's why, I, like, when, like I said before, when I wake up in the morning and I get that feeling to create, I make sure I'm not doing anything that anybody else has done. And if I am remixing so, something that somebody else has done or many other photographers have done, I make sure I remix it in a way which is still unique and still fresh and still brings forth you know, that feeling from people like, wow, OMG, I, I gotta have this on my wall, that's my goal. Okay, cool.
0: Um, just from recent, recently, it doesn't have to be, well I guess of all time, but um, just name one of your most memorable photo shoots or like moments where you were working on something and you know just from memory like what's your most memorable
2: photo shoot? (laughs) I've had many memorable photo shoots um, but I I would guess as of recent I shot um, three domestic violence survivors you know these are women that weren't models that you know never did anything like that and my project is for a, a bigger overall project called Let's Play House, uh, you know, for the X Collective, which is an arts charity stationed out in the Bronx. And it was a headshot slash implied nude session. And the actual implied nude, the organizer from the Milagros Day Foundation, which these girls are a part of, she was the one that mentioned implied nude. So I said, okay, if you you ladies do not mind it, let's shoot it. And we shot um, last Saturday, and it was such a meaningful shoot for me. It wasn't a vain shoot. It wasn't like I was shooting them just to make pretty art or anything like that. It was shooting them to connect with them. And, you know, when I finished the shoot with each one, you know, they hugged me, and it was that hug that you get from somebody that just like, won a million dollars. Like, one model, or one of the, the survivors, she hugged me and she was shaking. And, and, but ecstatic at the same time. And I never felt that from a hug like that. And that really, really moved me, like that made an impact. Like I was like, wow, you know, this is serious. You know, and, and I'm happy that she was so happy to have came out, you know, come out like that of a shell. And kind of tell the world like yes yeah, she's a domestic vi um, domestic violence survivor, but she 's stronger now, and she 's happy because she got out of that situation, you know, so that right now is the most memorable because of that right that connection that 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 meaningful like I shot something for a good reason, not just because it looks pretty right
0: yeah no it's um when your art makes a difference that's kinda huge. (laughs) So yeah, I can imagine that feeling.
2: Well a lot of people in the industry, you know, they get confused with me because I'm not a photographer that you could peg. I'm not a straight size shooter, I'm not a plus size shooter. I'm kind of like everything. Like, you know, I could touch any subject, I could shoot you know, a a little person, I could shoot an old person, I could shoot a plus size, I could shoot a straight size, any day, any given time. So. I have this, you know, unwritten kind of uh, handshake with IPM Model Management, and you know, I'm giving them test shoot specials to help you know, the new models that are coming in get some awesome, fantastic work on their on their sheets and on the website. So right now, today, I have uh, India Robinson; she's my subject, and we're gonna shoot some of her looks today, which are clean, simple, but you know, that have impact that will bring her jobs you know, and and make her a star in the plus size industry, and you know, I just love working with everybody, like, I don't have any favorites, you know, I just shoot anybody that comes to me, They, they, they need work done, I get it done, that's just my thing, like, and a lot of people like using me because of my artistic, um, I'll say that again, a lot of people like using me because of my artistic approach to, to, uh, shots, you know, headshots, fashion shots, like, I just don't Try to do it the normal, old way, you know, straight ahead, you know, simple. I can do that, and I start off with that, but then I also add a little of my flavor in there, which is unique to my eye. Just like a, any other photographer has that new, unique vision, the unique way of looking at life, you know. And people tend to like my, my vision. So I give them what I what I know and what I can do.
3: Well, I had a couple of friends who died too early and I realize and I recognize that life isn't really promised to anybody <laughs> and things differ, things change. So I believe that each day, I, I, when I get up, I have to make sure I'm doing something that's going to you know, make a difference of some sort, whether it's with, with photography, whether I'm, because I work for the city of New York and um, working with people or clients, and I, and, I, and, uh, and I want to be able to leave something behind. I have no children. Right? I have no kids. I have nothing. So, I mean, as far as, you know, leaving a legacy, as you know. And so, a woman of my age, I just get up, go to work, and um, have 10 million plans in my head about the next project I'm going to do after this exhibit that's coming, that I'm hoping will be able to um, open up doors for a lot of Young people, you know, in a sense of those who are, you know, those who have no clue of what it is that they want to do. Um, I'm hoping that I could at least place them on some sort of trail through my photography by introducing them to um, other artists in the hopes that other artists will be able to inspire them in some way or form. So does that motivate me every day in the morning to get up and do that? Yeah, I guess so, because I want to leave behind hope. Okay. All right. I don't have to force the answer. I know. i <laughs> like, all right. Um, you had some other questions. You said something about... Oh, well, I just want to go straight into, like, what you do. I mean, obviously, you're
0: into photography, but um, if you want to just briefly explain, like, how you got into it. I know you're right. how your brother kind of helped you get there, so, like, just briefly explain, like...
3: All right, well, I used to paint. I used to paint big like this. Well, maybe not as big as that, but I had paint... I used to paint when I first moved to Brooklyn, which was in 1987. Um, I, you know, I wanted to explore New York, you know, and I wanted to explore, explore the arts. I wanted to find a place. I wanted to be in the arts, and I wanted to find a section where I where I could fit. So I tried... I took some classes at Jazzmobile. I thought maybe I should be a vocalist. But even before even that, I was painting. I came in painting. I was a kid who used to. My parents we were latchkey kids, so we weren't allowed to go on the streets. So I used to just be bored, and I used to pull out pens and pa- paper or whatever and paint and and draw and do all kinds of stuff and do a lot of sketches. And then when I came to New York, I, uh, New York City, where my family moved to America in 1980, and. Um, I went to college in New Haven for four years, and when I came back to New York City to you know we lived in Westbury long Island, I moved back to westbury long island and it was it was it was horrid because it was you know i'm it's a culture Long Island is a culture a place it's a culture where people just go shopping you know it's shopping home Depot. You know, there's nothing very interesting about there. There's no culture out there unless you like to spend money and buy cars and, you know, fix your house. So I, w- I was working in New York City, and I got a uh, – there was a Long Island Railroad strike. So I ended up um, staying with my sister's friend from college and never left since. And I've been in Brooklyn ever since. So when I was out here, I was this giddy 24-year-old, and I was running around like trying to, you know, find me, find myself, you know, and I brought my paints or whatever, and I started painting, and then I um, went to, took, took some classes at Jazzmobiles because I wanted to see if I could be a singer, you know. So, I like, said, let me rock that. And it was cheaper back then, you know. You pay like $50 in no, in November, and um, and then in um, in November, and that it lasted till like, you know, it was every Saturday and ended in March or something like that. And then I met some really interesting people there. And then I started taking classes at um, Art Student League and Cooper Union. And then my brother brought me my camera because he was doing photography and he's really a technical t- dude. That's why he has my camera right now, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with it. And um, in fact, when he talks to technical stuff, all I hear is, Mwah, bwah, 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 you know, because, um, you know, as a woman, I'm not really into the technical, even though I have aspect of things. And I find men to be a little snobbish about it. I think, you know, I remember going to this event at the, what is it, the photo expo at Javits Center. And um, this woman went up there. She was so brave. All these men, she did a conference. She did a like a workshop or something. And she goes, I don't know much about technical. And this woman, goes, you know, she flies all over the world taking photographs. And I was just so relieved because I thought, you know, it was just me, and I felt like maybe I was being lazy. And yes, I am being lazy, you know. And, and every time I learned the basics, I had to remind myself of the basics. And ah. and so my brother really got me into the photography and bought my first camera. And I was taking pictures to actually draw. And then I liked the fact that the camera was something that I could hide behind, too, because I was kind of shy, you know. And I was, it got me out in the streets, and it got me out there. And um I was taking pictures. And then what really when it truly escalated was when I first met Aaron, in fact, because he was working at Enkuru's and I went there to to you know, I was living around in the neighborhood and I went to that to, to book Nkuru's and started to photograph the authors. And that's where that's that's when it really started. That's when I started to you know, that's when the crew opened the door for me to get my first book, uh, photograph published of, <laughs> of, what's her name, Terry McMillan, and then, um, what, what is that, magazine, uh, Some Publishers Weekly, and that was exciting, and then I took a photograph of Talib when he was working there, and it ended up in five, it was this small, and that got me excited, even though they jacked up my name, Marcia E. Hilson, when it's Wilson, And um, then, you know, and then this guy from Quarterly Black Review came in to photograph this author, and that's when I, that's when he introduced me to that magazine, and I started to photograph with them, and um, for a few years, photograph, following um, photographers at their events, at their, um, at their sign-ins and their book parties and so forth. And I was just taking pictures, just, just taking pictures. And back then it was film, you know. So you had to be really smart about things because film was expensive and to, to buy and to print. It was not that it was expensive. It just had so many. You just had just so much. With digital, you could go crazy. Like all those times there's pictures, you know, my camera's going off, but at least I could just make up for it, you know. And, um, but with film, you know, it's a scary... Really, it was scary. I don't even know if I could go back to film right now, to be honest. Especially taking a wedding. But I really, I do have a great, I have my dream film camera, the F um, Nikon F100, which my family bought me for my for one a, a, uh, of those milestone birthdays. And I still have it. And I hardly used it before I ended up with the digital. And so it's been like that for a minute. And then I kind of stopped photographing authors for a little while. And, in fact, I stopped photographing it for quite a bit, for quite a couple of years. And then I got into it again with this uh, Mosaic magazine, who's another literary magazine. And then I started to do that whole thing, what I was doing back in those days, in the 90s, in the 2000s. And so I was just photographing... um, a lot of I have so many photographs of authors, but this time around, as an older woman, back then when I was a little bit more intimidated, you know, I saw Walter Mosley, uh, you know, to, you know, I was so like afraid to kind of, you know, just be myself around them. You know, it's just like, oh my God, that's somebody famous. You know, you just have this really silly. Um, it was basically surreal. You know what I mean? You're in a place and you're not really connected with yourself, and you you're not realizing that. You're amongst, you know, you could, you, you, that I could socialize with these people and be with them and be a part of them and they could teach me. And so the second time around, and I, and I used to look back on it when I wasn't, say, doing photography and um, thinking, wow, why didn't I take that opportunity to really get to know them, you know? That when the second time around came with Mosaic Magazine, I made sure that I had a little bit more of a relationship with them even when I'm at the, at the parties or at the events or whatever the case may be because things happen they move your name around and you know and then social media was really what really opened it up for me to get um, exposure but I do you know I carry a camera around because it's not just authors I want to photograph even though that a lot of folks would call me the literary photographer you know I don't really want to be it's like being an actor's being Typecast, and so I'm kind of typecast, but I'm it's more of a like a photojournalism type of thing than um, is she all right there? No, <laughs> so it's like it's just like a photojournalism, you know, um, photo, it's it's, it's, it's I would say I'm a documentarian. And people, like, when they see my photographs, they say I have this thing, way of making people feel like that they were at an event or in a place or in a, at a moment. Uh, you know, they were there. And that was that's important for me. Um, one of the biggest things that happened to me, for me anyway, it's not big like it made money, but big is, you know, success is not about money for me. Um, success is when... Um, when my images make a difference to somebody's life, because I did a series called Dripping Ink, and I gave the images to a school, a black school. And what i Dripping Ink is a, um, is a series of, of photographs of authors, and it was the first. Um, and then I would that would have um, captions of their excerpts of their um, of their quotes or their, their their excerpts of their work. So. What I did, you know, I didn't really want to kind of separate them so much, and you know, sell it, you know, Tony Morris over there, you know, if somebody wants to print, that's fine. But I've kind of had the collection go into a school. It's a black school in East New York, and it's one of those I would say is a private school, and the kids are really—they're brilliant. These kids are really brilliant, and um, I put the classes. I put. I sent those. Asked them if they would like to house the images, and with the, the, you know that I did under the condition that if I had a show, I would pull them and give them back. You know, just house my images because I really do. I have something, but I don't really want. I didn't want to sell them. You know, um, so or go about trying to sell them. There's a difference. I mean, because you might want to sell them, but you can't sell them. But I just didn't want to go through that headache of. You know, I didn't want to do that. So I wanted it to do something. I didn't want it to be in a storage room, being sticks, you know, collecting dust. I wanted it to do something, and so I sent those images to. Someone gave me the connection. The teacher came along. She's an English teacher. She took she took them from me and she put them in the school and the kids, and the captions are there. And you know, I when I was writing a grant, for to get a grant for for the provocateurs exhibit. There was a question that's asked. Well, what are you going to do with these images, and how can they make a difference? And I was like, "Oh, what kind of fucking question is that?" Shit. And so they said to me. Then they said, um, "Why don't you?" Um, I said, "So I said, you know what? Let me contact the teacher to find out how these these images made a difference. If these images made a difference for these kids." And you know, I was I was really just expecting her to. To, to, to say, oh, yes, Marcia, the pictures, they, they love it, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what she did was have the kids write to me of how it affected it. That totally changed my whole life, totally changed it. Because it just like, you know, they, 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 you know the images really encouraged them to, to, you know, first of all, they introduced them to authors that they had no clue about and then they went in to find out more about that author and ended up loving that author and they ended up growing from that author. And another one was like, to see an author behind a mic and being strong and black and la- black like me and all this type of stuff, it, just, it was just really, really, really a- an emotional moment for me because it was like my work was doing something that can make a difference, and that's what I want my work to do. I've always, when I take a photograph, it's about, you know, it's not about what it does today. Like Aaron's I- images, it's like, I know he might want those images like, you know, to do what he wants to do with it. For me, it's about 20 years from now, when we're talking about Aaron. Or 50 years from now, when we're talking about Aaron. We, I want to make sure that people are still, I want to be able to, that people, my images, is the information for people in the future. I have, I took, I had the opportunity of photographing Misty Copeland. I know her manager, and her, she was getting ready to put on the Firebird costume. And um, she to to try on the she's the fire, uh, firebird is, was was one of her uh, uh, a mark for her because it was a a, a, a ballet a, a, I don't know anything about ballet but it was a very important role she was playing and um, I took those pictures uh, when I got the opportunity to be in, to be there to photograph her while she was doing this thing and she loved them she said it reminded her of when she was a little girl looking at a book of ballerinas, of a particular ballerina, and I did this, whatever it did to her. It was the same thing that it took her back to that moment, and that was so touching. And also those images, it's important for me again, because young black ballerinas will be able to look at those images, and which some of the, a couple of those images went into her movie uh, that they did about Misty. And even going to the movie theater and seeing that, that was like, oh God, and this is something that's going to be around that for, for a long while, because there will always be ballerinas watching this show, and it 's going to again make a difference to to these young people you know so photography is about i don't want to be it 's not about being a, a, a oh Marcy Wilson a photographer. if my shit is not doing anything then i don 't give a shit you know what i mean it's, if it 's going to sit down there and you know i mean like people want to just try and make big bucks i ain 't trying to be a make of big bucks i 'm not trying to make you know um, or, I mean, if big bucks come with it, don't. don't it's not that I will push it away now. Like, I'm not stupid. But I'm not doing it because it's, it, you know, I know some people be like, oh, I'm trying to make some big dollars. I actually work with people who are non-for-profit organizations or, or uh, organizations who have no money. And I will work with them. You know, I don't want to not get paid at all. I mean, but I will definitely reduce the price, you know, for them so they could do it. And I will even help to push those images around to help them, to elevate them. Do you understand? It's me building up our people, our community. That's what I photo- want my photography to do. Simple as that. You know, I want it to help to, you know, if I like, there's people, I've, I've helped theater people, I've helped um, uh, dance troops who have no money, you know, and they get, you know, they work on little loans and, you know, it's a we don't have that much money. Not a problem. I have a rate for those guys. And it's not, I mean, it's really reasonable. You know? Um, um, I want them to have the best possible images to help to uh, what do you call it um, elevate whatever it is that they're doing and, and, and um, I work with Mosaic magazine we are doing a, a, a bartering situation he doesn't pay me and I pay. You know, he, but he pushes my shit they got my name and in fact I don't think I've been this far if it wasn't for Mosaic magazine in a lot of ways because we had this bartering relationship I think as black folks and since there's lack of money, we're still trying to make, you know, kill ourselves with little pennies and stuff. Let's try and work with each other. What you got, what, what you can do for me and I to switch. Let's do that old African bartering situation and help to get us to a certain point. That's what I like to do with my, my photography. And that's what I, I, I want to help. I want to be able to um, elevate us as a people. Just educate.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Minutes Heard. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow or subscribe to Minute Maid New York on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Do you have a minute?